0: Our next panel is the Honorable Tex Hall, President of the National Congress of American Indians, who is an old friend of this committee. The Honorable Edward K. Thomas, the President of the Central Council of the Tinglet and Haida Tribes of Alaska. And Dr. Nigel Bigpond Sr. is the President of the Two Rivers Native American Training Center in Bixby, Oklahoma. Dr. Big Pond, I was out at uh, the University of Oklahoma, spoke at their graduation uh, last week, and uh, I was very pleased to see that at the, on the campus of the University of Oklahoma, there's uh, a lot of reminders of Native Americans and their contributions to the state of Oklahoma. Uh, I was very impressed by that. I'm going to talk to the president of Arizona Universities to see if we can't do a little better. (laughs) Uh, Tex, you were up first, given your seniority here. your 300th appearance before this committee.
1: (laughs) 301, Mr. (laughs) (laughs) Chairman. How's the get out, Mr. Chairman, Senator John McCain? Uh, Good morning. Uh, My name is Tex Hall. I'm the President of the National Congress of American Indians and Tribal Chairman of the Mandan, and Arikara, Tribes of North Dakota. Before I begin, I just want to briefly thank you for what I've seen on TV for the last month. The leadership that was exhibited by you and other, I believe there was 14 members of the Senate that helped preserve the Senate rules on filibustering for judicial nominees. It took great leadership, and I want to thank you in public for that.
0: Thank you, sir. I think my reward will be in heaven.
1: (laughs) No comment. uh. (laughs) So on behalf of uh, NCI, we want to thank uh, you for giving us the opportunity to testify in regard for support of uh, uh, Senate um, um, Joint Resolution 15, which would acknowledge the many misdeeds of the United States and its interactions with Native Americans and recognize and honor the importance of Native Americans to this land and to our country in the past and today. I also want to thank Senator Sam Brownback for his leadership and for his commitment and diligence in introducing this resolution, as well as Senators Boxer, Dodd, Inouye, Dorgan, Cochran, and Akaka for co-sponsoring this apology resolution. We all know of the atrocities wrought against native people in the United States, the Holocaust, the land theft, the forced removals, the boarding school experience completely wiping out, of course, in many tribes their language and our culture, the broken treaties and the attempts to undermine our status as sovereign nations. Passage of the apology resolution would mark the federal government's first effort to extend an official apology for the years of wrongdoings in interaction with Indian tribes. And as we all know, it's a long time coming. A similar apology resolution, enumerating the various wrongdoings of the United States government in relation to the native Hawaiians and the Kingdom of Hawaii, was passed and signed into law by President Clinton in 1993. The Canadian government likewise apologized to its First Nations people in 1998. NCI's leadership, we have worked with congressional leadership in the last Congress to analyze the impact of this landmark resolution. Which was first introduced during the 108th by Senator Brownback for himself, Senator Ben Knight, Horace Campbell, and Senator Dan anyway. NCAI solicited response, responses from tribes to the proposed language and facilitated discussions amongst tribal leadership and Congress on this issue. Tribal leadership responses across any country give us a variety of their uh, comments to the apology resolution. I'd like, to, I'd like to share just briefly some of those with you today. First, it's important to recognize the intensity of the reaction of tribal leaders to the apology resolution demonstrates that the destructive policies addressed in this resolution are not a fading distant past for Indian people. They are present today. Present harms that continue to be felt in very real ways every day. We continue to live with the legacy of the federal government's misguided policies of the past as well as present-day policies that continue to undermine our ability to live as robust healthy self-determining peoples tribal leaders have stressed that the apology must recognize contemporary and not just historical problems in Indian federal government relations many government policies continue to reflect a reluctance to truly recognize tribes as sovereign governments for example tribes unlike other governments are limited in the ability to raise money by issuing tax-exempt bonds tribes are also left out of the funds that the federal government has directed to every state for homeland security Tribal law enforcement agencies do not have the jurisdiction and resources they need to protect public safety. And recent Supreme Court decisions have blurred the lines of jurisdictions at the borders between states and tribal lands. Tribal leaders have commented that an apology may be the first step in reconciliation between the tribes of the United States, but for this to be true, the apology must move more. There is a lot of unfinished business that must be attended to before true reconciliation can be achieved. As one tribal leader has said, apologizing does not in any way wipe the slate clean or let anyone off the hook. I had the opportunity to testify before this committee, Mr. Chairman, on on the proposed FY06 budget. And I said at the time, Indian people are deeply disappointed that the budget did not support strong uh, self-government and self-determination for tribes. There was drastic cuts to many of the programs that are vital to the health and well-being of our people with health care and medical assistance being sorely needed and underfunded. These programs are guaranteed to us as we know by solemn treaties and tribes paid for these services by ceding approximately 3 billion acres of land to the United States. A strong federal commitment to make good on old promises to provide resources for services, prevention program, and health care are badly needed. To many, an apology <clears throat> rings hollow when the United States government is continuing to fail to fulfill these treaty promises. Only when coupled with a continued commitment to the government to government relationship and the federal Indian programs like health, education, and housing can the apology resolution truly begin to make a meaningful difference for Indian tribes. Another tribal leader put it, the resolution would be like apologizing for stepping on someone's foot while you continue to stand on that foot. The message that we would like to leave is that we clearly support this historic resolution. And but we also must recognize it's, it's a first step towards <laughs> reconciliation. And Native Americans, as we know, have came through extraordinarily trying times over the last 200 years. And we still have emerged strong and growing as a population. We are the fastest growing population in the United States per capita. However, we have a long way to go. An apology implies a recognition that an injustice occurred. And the importance of this recognition cannot be underestimated. It also implies, however, that there is a will to try to do something about the harms that are caused by that injustice. True healing must begin with the recognition of the harm, but it cannot stop there. An apology cannot substitute for upholding the hundreds of treaties made with Indian nations and fully living up to the federal trust responsibility. Tribal leaders have cautioned that the apology will be meaningless if it is not accompanied by actions that begin to correct the wrongs of the past and the present. Indian tribal sovereignty is still under threat and Indian people are still being left behind in this country. We look forward to working with the committee, Senator Brownback and yourself, to continue to move this resolution forward and taking the next steps towards healing and reconciliation to help secure the future for all Indian people. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. I'd be happy to answer any questions later on.
0: Thank you very much, uh, President Thomas.
2: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. My Tlingit name is Zahu. I'm the president of the Tlingit Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska out of Juneau, Alaska. Um, First of all, I want to thank you for this uh, hearing today and the opportunity to provide my comments to this uh, important issue. And I want to thank Senator Brownback for introducing the resolution and also for his fine testimony here today. Uh, I r- rose up in reluctant support of the resolution when it first came about and then uh, became somewhat concerned about it moving forward because of the amount of time that was taken that it was taking away from other issues that were mentioned in, the text uh, Tex Hall's presentation here. Uh, I understand, I want you to know that I understand the danger in stepping forward in opposition to something that is proposed by honorable people in this Congress. I do not wish to offend the friends of Indian country who are in Congress. I do not want to appear ungrateful for those good things that are done by Congress for our people. And I don't want to jeopardize the efforts of those who want to do things in a good way through this apology. And I don't want to uh, give you uh, the impression that we don't appreciate all that is being done here today uh, for Native Americans. But I do want you to know that uh, my reservations on... Going forth with an apology is, is real, and, uh, and some of the things that Tex Hall talked about uh, are uh, the basis of my concern. The relationships between the United States and America's first citizens continue to be very unsatisfactory. Uh, the trust relationship that this nation has established over the years with Native Americans is seriously weakened through the inadequate funding of social and economic development programs as well as the underfunding of indirect costs. And all this happens uh, notwithstanding many reports by government agencies and private uh, uh, interests about the inadequacy of funding uh, uh, to Native Americans and the damage that that does uh, to the people uh, who need that funding. And all of this happens even though uh, we worked very hard with this committee and with yourself on language to make sure that there was no theoretic under-recovery of indirect costs. Uh, you might recall a number of years ago when you were chairing this committee, we worked on that language. Uh, it is in law, but yet uh, there still is no uh, adequate funding for indirect costs. Uh, things have deteriorated so much that uh, it is it is a fact that federal prisoners get more healthcare funding per capita than Native Americans do at this point in time. Another important thing that is happening that uh, the sacred tribal sovereign powers and rights are being deteriorated in favor of state authorities at an alarming rate by uninformed. Federal courts. Uh, we have been working with members of Congress and the administration trying our best to introduce language that would stop this erosion of uh, tribal sovereign rights and powers. And yet nothing seems to happen in that area. Uh, I still don't understand what the big fear is. I know that uh, tribal governments are of no great threat to states and there's much to be accomplished by uh, preserving those sacred tribal uh, sovereign powers and rights. The government-to-government relationship between the United States and Indian tribes have become uh, very meaningless, or have become a meaningless term. Uh, both under the Democratic and Republican administration, we see very little consultation on the development of tribal power, uh, policies, or excuse me, federal Indian policies and, and the federal Indian budgets. Uh, right now the consultation is somewhat limited to a couple of representatives from each of the 12, uh, BIA regions. Uh, and, and, uh, they bring us in and we talk about the budgets and, uh, really nothing happens. Uh, no consultation happens in my part of the country at all. On on any of these issues. One example of this is the Department of Interior dealing with the issue of uh, trust management, uh, trust asset management. Uh, The Cobell case exists because somebody didn't do their job. Tribes have asked repeatedly that uh, the fixing of this problem not be at the expense of existing tribal programs, but yet that's what has happened tribes have asked repeatedly that the BIA organization not take place at the expense of existing BIA uh, budgets. But yet, that's what's happening. Another example uh, that I spoke a little bit earlier of is the uh, development of budgets. Uh, I served on the uh, National BIA Budget Advisory Council. Tribal leaders came forth with uh, uh, much testimony uh, sharing with the administration our priorities. When it was all said and done, uh, the Assistant Secretary Dave Anderson's priorities ended up in the budgets. Ours didn't. Uh, Not only that, uh, some of our priorities were cut so that his could be included in the budget, and some other uh, very important uh, uh, priorities uh, such as education were also cut, just so that uh, the former assistant secretary's priorities can be in the budget. The point is that after all the meetings and consultation, our priorities went nowhere and uh, the administration put their own priorities in place. I also uh, want to point out that uh, I did have a longer list in my written testimony. I provided for the record that If there's no objection. I'd like to have that be put the a,
0: record. Without objection, it will be made a the record. In conclusion,
2: I want to thank you very much for uh, this opportunity to uh, speak on this very important uh, uh, resolution. I uh, hope that uh, an apology will come forth uh, somewhat like uh, Mr. Hall stated. Apologies are good. Sincere apologies are better. Apolo- apologies joined with positive action that corrects and compensates for the problems and ills of the past are the best apologies. Thank you very much, Thank you very much,
0: Dr. Big Pond.
3: Welcome. Thank you, Chairman. I too, uh, want to thank the uh, U.S. Senate of the Indian Affairs Committee for allowing me to speak to the forum today. Although my Testimony would last more than five minutes. I will keep it at that time. And also I would like to say uh, all the day my Yuchi name, Sky Hunter. says, Singala San, to the committee, and from the Creek Nation, Stone Grove. I was born November 7, 1949 in Oklahoma, in full-blood Yuchi the Uchee tribe, which is adopted by the Creek Nation. I'm descendant of Noel Gregory, the Peace Chief of the Uche Nation. I grew up in Okmulgee, Oklahoma, and attended Chilocco Indian Boarding School, where I and other Native children were emotionally and physically abused. I'm a business owner and fourth-generation minister of the Methodist language era. <clears throat> I have been on approximately 158 reservations And I believe I hold a position among them that's favorable. I held a position of Human Service Director for the Creek Nation for seven years and Certified Drug and Alcohol Abuse Counselor, along with Dr. Jay Swallows of Southern Cheyenne Sioux. I co-founded the Two Rivers Native American Training Center in Mounds, Oklahoma. The beginning of the work of this uh, resolution, Chair, Mr. Chairman, uh, was an apology and a hope for the proclamation to be presented by the President George W. Bush. Started in 1997 in Oklahoma, during a conference of a group of non-Native people, begin to apolog- apologize to Dr. Swallows and myself, and this team to set up a set off a major reconciliation in Oklahoma, which is still going on at this time. This vast and great land that we call America is troubled. It's filled with brokenness, disorder of many kinds, high rates of crime, violence, murder, a divorce rate of 50% of all marriages, broken families. Many class people struggling to make ends meet, even in a good economy, time. Widespread depression, suicide, now the third greatest cause of death among our teenagers. Rapid substance abuse and addiction. More men and women in prison than than before. Racism, ethnic troubles, about many youth sit <coughs> homeless as both parents worked long hours. New and deadly types of diseases are entering this society. Death waits at our door, seemingly. I believe that the acknowledgement of the past atrocities and asking the indigenous First Nation people of this land for forgiveness is needed as a first step for healing of this land, now called America. To be released. This will be healing not just for Native American people, but for all people, the black, the white, Hispanic, Asian, all ethnic groups that are here, that are here in this land called America. In my travels around the world, I've met many different people, and they know the plight of the Native American people. They have studied, seemingly, the treatment of the Native American people by the federal government. It is my belief that they use this broken history as fuel to develop their hatreds for America. Together our purpose must be to heal the land and to, to remove the heaviness which I'm sure that Mr. Chairman and the Senators are aware of, that they, you deal with daily. The weight of the loss of millions of native indigenous people and our painful broken history. And the dishonor and disorder is great. All our people are in great need of healing, especially as we are going through so much in war overseas, even here on the home front. Hatred and terrorism stare at us. We live in a time of great fear. Fear always leads to anger, hate, and strife. This anxiety streams into all of the, our homes and natives and non-natives alike. Members of the human family are not just mind and body, they are spirit. Each man and woman and child, we all know this is our heart, regardless of what we each think or believe, just as our warriors, our soldiers who are facing death today on a battlefield, in Afghanistan, Iraq, <clears throat> and many other places, and the spirit of a person, of a people, can be wounded and crushed. The apology, the exchange of forgiveness, and the show of respect and honor always brings a fresh freedom to our spirits, our minds, our bodies. Apology and reconciliation is good medicine to the heart of a person or a nation. America needs the heart medicine and spiritual healing. The broken the promises and history of all our people needs healing. Why? Some would ask and say that the apology is unnecessary because the native people have been always been a part of the government. No, this government has never made treaties in the name in God we trust. With any other people group in the country, it's never been taken place before and broken them all. 372 treaties with the Native people, all broken. There's never been a a public apology to this day. No U.S. president has sought forgiveness. Only a few have made private statements. You members of the United States Senate are taking a historical step forward. Our Native soldiers have courageously fought for this country in every war because they're warriors. They survive. They know how to survive regardless of broken treaties, regardless of the third world conditions on our reservations. They survive. One would add. Why would anyone want to stay on Dr. a reservation? Big
0: Pindy, you'll have to summarize if For you sunrise, don't mind. Yeah. I'd appreciate it. Thank okay. you.
3: I just want to say, uh, Mr. Chairman, that because God created us all to the people of the land who express gratitude and deserve to live in a harmony and respect with this earth, we have much to share. And we must remember this is, will be history-making, and this will change our land. It will change everything. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Big Pond. Um,
0: President Thomas, we, uh, the Congress of the United States, years ago, passed a, uh, an apology, in fact, in 1988, apologized for the relocation and internment of Japanese Americans. One of the effects I saw associated with that resolution was a renewed uh, publicity and uh, interest of the American people about this terrible injustice that was done to Japanese Americans. I believe that it's very likely that an apology to Native Americans could have the same effect because I'm always astonished and disappointed when I find out how little Americans in general and even federal officials in particular know about the history of our relationships with Native Americans, the treaties that we entered into, the ones we broke, literally all of them, (coughs) and and the unique, unique requirements of our Constitution. As well as solemn treaty obligations. So, one of the beneficial effects, in my view, of a resolution of apology by both houses of Congress signed by the President of the United States might shed more light and knowledge throughout America about our history, the history of our relationship with Native Americans. Do you accept that theory? Uh,
2: Without objection, Mr. Chairman, I move and ask unanimous consent that the bill be amended to include that language. And uh, uh, what I'm saying here is that um, uh, the apology given by the Assistant Secretary in 2000 did not change even his own behavior towards Native Americans.
0: I think Uh, it's a very different thing between uh, all due respect to an Assistant Secretary as opposed to a resolution signed by the President of the United States, would please proceed. Yes, that's what I was leading into, and uh,
2: we've been trying, even during that period of time, to get the President or even the Secretary of the Interior uh, to join into the effort, and went nowhere. Uh, And uh, very little has changed as a result of that. Now, uh, the the reason I was uh, making that amendment is because if we were to include language that we are going to educate (laughs) members of Congress and the public on these atrocities, yes, it would work. But if we just pass a resolution with those of
0: us in the room here, I believe it's going to be the same old. One thing I can assure you of, knowing Senator Brownback, if this resolution were passed by the Congress of the United States, it would not fade into obscurity very soon. But uh, Chairman Hall, would you care to comment on my comment and then Dr. Big Pond?
1: Uh, I certainly agree with your your statements uh, mr chairman <clears throat> i 'm I'm, I'm a firm believer in that uh, in that uh, once uh, and this is truly historic. I never thought in my lifetime i 'd be testifying on behalf of a formal apology from the United States of the wrongdoings and uh, <clears throat> as my fellow tribal leaders were testifying, I was listening to their testimony, and you 're absolutely right when you think of the past and the wrongdoings. And then when you do an apology for those wrongdoings, it brings, it sheds a light. And the light has not been shed on a, in a focus that a, that, in a, that an apology would be passed by this United States Senate. Clearly would bring us an opportunity. And I was just <clears throat> sidebar with Senator Brownback before, before the committee began. And we talked about <clears throat> the, the sand creeks. The sand creek is real. The wounded knee, those are real, the trail of tears. Those are real. The various boarding school experiences where my own father was punished. I mean, this is one. Ge- this is not 200 years ago. It's one generation ago. Those are real places to visit. After hopefully this this uh, resolution does pass, uh, would clearly bring an opportunity for tribal leaders to join with members like Senator Sam Brownback and other Senate leaders of this uh, uh, of this apology resolution could really shed the light and bring the focus. And I think. Uh, Continue to help educate, inform, and move things forward in a more positive manner than ever has before. So I certainly agree with that notion.
0: And could I add, I, I can't tell you the number of times constituents of mine have said, why, "Why, why don't we tax these Indian tribes? Why don't we? Why do we allow them to have their own uh, police force? Why do we? I mean, you know, that don't know <laughs> that show." And these are not bad people. Uh, I don't detect, at least in the majority of them, any racism. It's just lack of knowledge about solemn treaties that were entered into that guaranteed in exchange, and nobody believes that it was a good deal, in exchange for vast lands uh, that we would perform... Com- complete some obligations. I'm worried about Indian gaming but at the same time I don't know any other way. I'm, I'm worried about some of the things that are happening with Indian gaming, how big it's gotten, uh, you know, we're having a series of hearings on this. But, right. but I don't know if, if I thought the federal government was fulfilling its responsibilities for housing, education, health care, etc., uh, I would have a very different view. Um, my, uh, I'm spinning off here, but we want to make sure that we can do everything we can to share the wealth on that issue, and I'm sure we'll discuss that in another day. D- Dr. Bigpont.
3: Uh, <clears throat> I also agree, uh, Mr. Chairman. Um, this We've got to look at this as the first step. This is history-making. Uh, I know the, uh, the Honorable Thomas, his uh, reasons are very real. There's no doubt about that. I understand that and, and applaud him, but... This is the first step to many things. This is history-making. Can we imagine, uh, my hope is that the President of the United States will stand before the, all the chiefs, all the tribes, and says, can you forgive our government, our forefathers, for how we treated you, and how other countries would look at the United States of America in a totally different way. They no longer could use it as an asset or something to fuel their hate towards this, this great country. And so I, I just uh, say to the Senate, they must look at the native people as the first nation. We are spiritual people. We're land people. We have authority over the land, regardless it no longer it's always ours to us, whether it was ceded or whether it was taken or whatever. It's always been our love. And so when that apology is made, it gives the authority to move forward, not go backward. Hele Agano, Hele Alfin, and our language is a song they sung on the Trail of Tears. Always go forward, never look back, as they was leaving their 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 homeland and coming to Oklahoma. So I just I agree though and I, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Um President Thomas,
0: have you still got your villages collapsing into the ocean because of the melting of the perma- permafrost?
2: <laughs> yeah, very
0: much so. <laughs> Uh, there's just a lot of things. We we had
2: uh, well, good I momentum. To,
0: I want you to call our Senator Brown back on his way out and tell him about climate change, would you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Thanks for coming. Thank you, just another example, though. We we
2: had good momentum going on uh, getting rid of the what's called the honey bucket uh, situation in Alaska, and all of a sudden now we, because of the part program that uh, was evaluating the agency that provided the funding, our funding got cut not because the people didn't need uh, the uh, sanitation facilities, it's because the agency itself was not adequate. The same is happening in the BIA programs. The inadequate uh, management or uh, uh, non-responsible management, we're going to get uh, punished for that, even though we at the tribal level feel we have excellent management.
0: I thank you. I thank the witnesses, and uh, I intend to, again, move forward with consideration by the full committee on this resolution uh, very soon. Thanks.
3: Hearing is adjourned. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman.